Diablo Bang. Right. How are you guys doing? Did you have a good night? Court. Court. Woo! All right, please rise. Be seated. For another edition. We're standing. Now we're sitting. Can't tell the difference because we're so big. And excited. It's uh, early. Wait, so big? Did you say so big? Because he's so big. Ooh. We're so big. We look like we're standing when we're sitting. Oh, boom. I got you. I got you. I thought you were talking about Shivali. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> the, the, the ghoul of a man himself. Uh... We're here for a new episode of Have a Good Night Court, and it is a good one. I'm so happy. Absolutely. Like all things in life, it's better when there's hookers involved. Casey came home last night. Even dead ones. Casey came home last night. We were going to watch it last night before recording this morning, and I was just like, "I, I can't do it. Like, it's been a day. I'm stressed. Like... I can't do it. I just couldn't take a disappointment. And this morning I woke up and I was like, oh, I really don't want to do this. And then it was so fun. Yeah. I know what you mean. I've had that same. First thing in the morning sometimes. Yeah. I had that same feeling when I, oh, wait, first of all, the person you're, the two people you're hearing across from me are. Oh, yes. Deputy attorney. Is that a thing? What am I? Where am I? Uh, District Attorney now. Ash Van Garen <laughs> and Judge Case Van Heel, Basie Casey the Van Heel, Judge of Judges. Oh man, just he's bringing a little levity to it. And I, as always, am your what am I? I'll be a bailiff, bailiff Hansi Diamond, be the uh, the detective. Oh, slinking around the shadows in your fedora. But I'm a dead detective that just haunts a L train. <laughs> And pushes cans around. One of the scariest scenes still I've ever seen in a movie, but we'll get to it. Episode 7, Harry on Trial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you... um, So, yeah, I don't even have the description in front of me, but basically, we are back to old tricks as Harry is being investigated and indicted for his antics within the courtroom. What's going to happen? Uh, season two, episode seven, Harry on trial. Sometimes you have to go through a billy hole to come out the other side. I it got kind of real because all of the and we have a return of a classic character, which the is best. nice. Uh, judge Willard, who we posit is the day court judge. Sure. So he's stepping into the weirdo night court verse, which we know he despises, <laughs> and he was there. Um, and when he brought the charges against Harry, which is all of the stuff we've always complained about Harry Stone, I kind of felt bad. I was oh, like, yeah. I feel bad complaining about a guy. I'm taking food out of his mouth now. I didn't mean it. Oh, you know what? That's a great point. I, the whole, t- oh my God, you just held up a mirror to me and I saw myself in my shady black gallows robes, uh, or court robes. You're right. During this episode, the return of Judge Willard. I was judging him the whole episode when, in truth, I should have been judging myself because he was just bringing Harry to task for f- mildly comparatively to what we're going. And even, but that being said, already I just pictured a Harry face that happens within the first three minutes, <laughs> I and I wanted say, to punch it off of him. I was just gonna say, I literally, literally on the tip of my tongue was like, "Yeah, no, I respectfully disagree. I d- don't feel bad at all." Yeah. 
<laughs> when he turns it on, he turns it on. No, I think this was a great Harry episode because it had the goofiness and levity that I mm. actually do like. But of course, you can't have a, hentru- a ha- Harry-centric episode without having a moment where Harry just fucking annoys me to where you shit do, where you're just like, I want to because push you. he's the I'll guy like you guys are comedians he's the comedian that tells the joke and then goes like you know you know uh, did you get it don't like oversell Greg your punchline it's not it's not the theatrics of his jokes themselves it's the post joke theatrics of did you get it i'm hilarious right I agree, but I have to tell you, during this episode, I 100% agree, you know that, but when you have a good episode, and right off the bat, I'm telling you, we have a great episode, that softens that, in fact, it makes, not it, it softens it, but it makes it make sense, and, like, this, this episode ran the, like, the gamut of, like, (laughs) silly Harry, to... True friendship and loyalty, yeah. To Billy sucks. To uh, <laughs> very very serious material in the greatest of eighties yeah. night court ways, and That's then oh yeah, all these so beautiful. I I think you guys will be able to pluck them. Yeah, we have callback characters, and this is even a callback like theme of Harry like getting in trouble with the other judges. Mm-hmm. We have very small callback. We have callbacks to bits, yeah. uh, including object bits. I'm talking bananas. I'm talking yeah. lunch boxes. Oh yeah, what the fuck? This could, it, this could have they could have this could have been a really lazy easy clip show. Right. Easily, yeah. just a clip show. Well, this, like, what I was thinking when I was watching this is for the last few episodes, we keep coming back to not the material or the episode itself, but we keep bringing up the writer's room. What was going on? What was going on? Mm-hmm. And, like, I had the same questioning while watching this one, but in a com- the complete opposite way. I was like, something must have clicked. Like, the two sides that we've been talking about, like the new season staff, whatever, I don't know, we weren't there, but something really meshed, and I feel like it felt like, to me, mm-hmm. everybody got their joke in, but right. it was seamless. Everybody got their thing in, because the, the jokes were all different. This was not... It didn't go a straight line thematically no. with the funny, it which wasn't, I love. That's right. what makes Night Court Night Court. Yeah, it wasn't all highbrow. It wasn't all yeah. physical. It wasn't all hack hairy. I got to tell you, I got two fun episodes out of this. The episode and then a fun little episode in the back of my soft head where I pictured <laughs> Weegy or like a, like almost like a 1930s... Uh, uh, like, uh, who am I trying to, th- Stan Lee character and like high pants and suspenders coming in with the paper and go, what is this? What is this? After the last couple episodes, yeah. I'm like, we're going to get to work and nobody's leaving this room until we're done. And then, oh, right. and, totally. and then like, totally. they got, they got their shit together. Like those old SNL stories about Lauren Michaels, like right. locking the door. And it's like, we, no one leaves until we get these sketches done and they're good enough. No, yeah. I agree. Like this was a total turnaround. All the gags—that's the thing. They were all, all the gags were earned, and all the gags were done in character. Yeah, yeah. like the character—it wasn't a the character wasn't servicing the joke. The joke—you—they were all natural. Like you could see that character making that joke. 
And while we had some fun uh, new uh, side characters, introduced characters, they weren't the focal point of the episode. Not one, no. indiv- even though it's called Harry on Trial, I wouldn't even say Harry's the specific focal point of the episode. It really does uh, have a nice yeah. balance to it. All right. I guess like in all good episodes, we start in the, the old saloon. Oh, yeah. And yep. Dan is... Uh, Number one lunch. In a shady, shady corner, speaking in hushed tones to a, a man in a fedora. The man in the fedora, by the way, is... Oh, didn't I write his name down? I'll feel bad if I didn't. Uh, I know his last name is Chevalier. You can certainly recognize him. He's been in m- many movies in 1997, uh, Vanity Fair... Uh, rated him in the top 100 character actors of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he plays the character Peter DeMarco here. I will I will find his first name, but last name Chevalier. You'll recognize him from so many things. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Ghost, yep. which I alluded to before, where he plays a dead ghost who has managed to harness the ability to move objects, and he discovers... Who was in that movie? Val Kilmer? No, Patrick Swayze. Swayze. He discovers Patrick Swayze on his train, and the editing of that, and like the ghostly pallor of him, and the way he rushes Patrick Swayze on the train is so frightening. Because as he's running to Patrick Swayze, he's knocking things out of the rider's hands, and it's gritty's night courty looking New York, even though it's like early nineties. And he like pushes Patrick Swayze out of the train. And like, uh, it's just horrifying. He's he's I a have, wonderful actor. I have two minor fun facts really quickly sure. about this actor. Number one, Jeffrey Tambor, who we all know, yeah. has said that he gets confused for that actor all the time. Sure. Specifically for the rolling ghost, and which is funny because they do actually look alike. But number yeah. two, and we'll get to it later... But there's a new judge character that comes mm. into play in this episode, and it was a mini reunion for the two actors because they are both uh, teachers. Huh? Oh, continue. I'm sorry. They're both teachers in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So Mr. Chevalier and Ray Walston have already worked together, and it was really fun to see two professors from Fast Times in yep. the same Night Court episode, which a- made it very happy for me. And Mr. Chevalier, I feel so bad I don't have his first name, but Mr. Chevalier, God rest his soul, was also the only actor that was in the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High and the short-lived TV show. Oh my God, I didn't even I know, didn't even know there was a TV show. Does it, does it belong on the shelf with the Clerks show and the Bill and Ted show? I, I yeah I think I think it's up there with uh, what was another what was another good uh, steamer around the horn favorite show that only lasted one season I, I can't think of anything good I can't there either. was when I was in high school there was a teenage like ABC drama about high school and I think it was called Push or something Puss Push <laughs> get some. <laughs> And I think that's what the name of it was, but I was totally into it and it got canceled. Uh, uh, Clone High, I guess. Oh, oh good pull. Vincent. Nice. Vincent? Is his first name. Vincent. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Vincent and- Schiavelli. Schiavelli. And I'm sorry to put you guys on the spot there because I got nothing. Clone High. I'm going Clone High. 
Two for clone high and one for puss. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Oh man, eventually in our uh, idiocracy world, we'll have puss the the show. Don't don't you worry. <laughs> so okay, we're uh, Dan, <laughs> as we said, at hush tones with uh, Mr. Demarco, who we find out is a detective for the judiciary city judici- judiciary. Yeah, I wonder if that's and, a uh, thing. I'm going to go yes, just back to ep, ep one, phrase one. Is night court even a real thing? I don't think so. <laughs> great, great point. <laughs> Wonderful point. Uh, so they're speaking, and uh, we find out DeMarco's doing a bit of investigating around the night court. And he's like, we can't talk much about it. And Dan Fielding kills it with loose lips, sink ships. Got it. Yeah, so I love that. part ways. And then uh, Dan plops down at the old table with the rest of the crew and he's like he's so giddy to tell them what just happened well first he's like he's very like coy and cool we have awesome uh uh dynamic and uh polarizing uh aspects of dan in this episode where he's he's mr cool mr composed mr sexy and then he's like a virgin hypocrite like yeah. fucking louse uh, <laughs> oh, oh it's man so good totally it... folds over dan would dan well as we found out but like dan would roll over on someone in a heartbeat that guy's oh, yeah. got uh yeah that guy loose lips sink ships out. indeed but so he comes he's acting cool and then he's like uh you know do you know who that was they're like yeah dan he's talked to all of us he's like what we, you know, yeah. Billy's at the table, Selma's at the table, everybody's at the table, bowl, he's talked to all of us, and he's like, what? So are we going to talk about it? They're like, well, no, that wouldn't be prudent. He's like, uh, come on, a little gossip. And then, like, a bunch no, of cat what? house he hens, says, they start yeah, clucking yeah, so, away. So he's just like, "What? what's a little malicious gossip amongst friends? Which is hilarious, because, again, it's Dan pointing out, yeah. like, it's malicious. Don't high road yeah. me. I know you guys too well. Yeah, you can't exactly. high road me with this. I know you suckers want to fucking cluck like a couple of hens. Yeah. So they do. Um, and as we found out, Dan is the last to learn about this guy slinking around the courtroom. Uh, and that's when Harry shows up and everybody clams up. Just shut. They shut it down. And he, Harry's in a great mood. Yeah, Just he sure really is. happy go lucky, lucky. Looking normal, by the way. Yeah. In He's his like, attire. hey guys, what's what's shaking? Everybody starts Just, eating, goes down to their coffee. Yep. No he, eye contact. He's like playing monastery, yeah. huh? So then he goes to the chow line, and that's where we get our first glimpse of uh, Willard, the the real Iron Fist, Judge Who, Willard. Who's running that chow line, by the way? So unorganized, just piles of cups and <laughs> dishes still in the dish rack. Like, that's like, it does remind me of old, like, old cafeterias didn't give a shit. Like, you went up, they didn't even need to, like, pay attention to it. You grabbed your stuff, you did your thing. Now it's like, uh, you gotta sit there, stand in line, add only four items to a bowl of overpriced greens. You gotta, or you gotta weigh your pasta. When we, we just took a birthing class recently, and that includes a tour of the hospital where yeah. we're going to give birth just so we know where everything is and we're not, you know, the day of mm-hmm. super stressed. 
And I don't know <laughs> what Casey and I were thinking, but Casey and I were thinking of like a 1970s hospital cafeteria. Yeah, like, this will be fun. Yeah. And we were just like, oh, like we have to figure out like what Casey can eat. Like he'll be there the whole time, like not in labor. This cafeteria is so... I, it's like the Ritz-Carlton of cafeterias. Yeah. There's like a burger station, a salad station, a pasta station. There's a fucking Subway. There's a Starbucks. Like, it's like a food court. Sure. And we're looking at it. We were just like, we don't know what we expected. Yeah. But we certainly didn't expect it to be this nice in case. He was like, no, we expected like 1962. Oh, but you expect night a night court. court. They put yeah. a little shine on this fucking plug nickel. Like, it looks nice and new. But once yeah. you peer behind the countertop, it's just a bunch of roughnecks because it's all that R mark. It's the same company that like does food for pr- jail, like yes, all, Supermax prison. So the people there, there were seven people behind there, and they got everybody's order wrong. <laughs> everybody's right. order wrong. That's true. And I was like, what? Really? And one lady only did fries, like only. You want fries? No. This other guy's doing everything else, and she's just fucking standing there. The lady next to her, you want chips? I was like, can't you guys work together? Uh, it's like, you're, yeah, you're at like a service plaza. Yeah, that's that's scu- it's so scummy. It's just all these corporations getting all their bullshit into schools and hospitals. And, you know, they're just and just give me some truck stop coffee. A guy, a, a sassy, one sassy waitress that just stands at an old monitor. Not waitress. What am I trying to say? I don't know. Clerk. Yeah, I'd take a salty city employee any day. I yeah. never thought I'd wish that on myself again. No, and I totally messed them up. And Hans is a vegetarian. You'll understand. We were at the burger station like with like Philly cheesesteaks, grilled cheeses, burgers, and I got a black bean burger. Mm-hmm. Oh, doggy. That order. Threw them for a loop. Oh, God almighty. Yeah, right. <laughs> he just poured a can of beans on the grill. <laughs> they just, they they could not. So a cheeseburger? No. The, 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 the fucking vegetarian burger that's on your menu. Burger? <laughs> You're on burger? You got a like Beetlejuice Cheeseburger, 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 except it's slow. <laughs> it's that sketch except nothing was getting made. It was the opposite. <laughs> Yeah, I say, I say, once you guys are in, I say, pack the lunches, avoid any potential infection in the hospital, and make it out of there alive. You're not going to promote Subway? Delicious Subway sandwich options? You know, I always support Subway. Always. Uh, (laughs) uh, I I don't, I haven't gone often, but. Uh, you and Casey, you and I have an old roommate, a good friend. He's a comic. He he does uh, work for uh, the Ruskies, <laughs> the Ruskies out in yeah. Washington D.C. Now, RT, <laughs> uh, John F. O'Donnell, and uh, he's one of these guys. Like I would, like I eat at Subway every now and again, and we've talked about it on another podcast, Jerk Practice. Like I grew up where Subway meant a lot to me, so it still means a lot. Like. I grew up poor. I grew up in a place without a lot of restaurant options. So when we got to go to Subway, which was maybe being generous like once a month, it was awesome. So I'm like associate that with that. So I'll go to a Subway in New York and I get it. All right. There's good old gobbledygoo Italian. Like there's good sandwich shops or you can go to like Craftwich and get like a like a $15 Tom Calicchio special. 
But right. I also go to Subway, and I just love to get under his goat because he's one of these. Uh, he's from Jersey. He's one of these New York, <laughs> New York elitists. That's like how dare like they get offended of what you put in your mouth. So I just loved getting on. I I even I didn't go to Subway for like the last year, and I would still like you can go to just Subway. You can go to Subway, Johnny. <laughs> Some places have better. That is true with Subway. They claim that all of their product is the same across the board. If you, I don't eat them anymore, but I used, my thing used to be the meatball sub. And that varied from station, from location to location. Some were delicious. Some legitimately, legitimately. And I'd only have to take one bite. I go, this is the dog food place. And I'd have to like mark it (laughs) off my thing. I'll go, this tastes just like dog food. And I have to notes. like cross it off, yeah. Because <laughs> remember, you used to have subway cards and stuff, and the stamps. Subway club card, yeah. I love. I I was a subway fan. I know they are real. Like their business motto is terrible, and they have a child molester that hides behind the bread. But I mean, <laughs> he'll get you. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that's my subway rant. Getting back now. Let's get back to the hoity-toity. Taking the subway of, back to night court. Of cafeterias in night court. So Harry, Harry's still in his good mood, and we have, um, who, who uh, sidles Peter up to DeMarco. Judge Woodard. DeMarco is with Willard. Oh yeah, and Harry's just like, "Hey fellas, how you doing? You know, hey, nice duds." And he's mm-hmm. saying this to DeMarco because he does kind of look like a G-man a little bit. Yeah. And then he even says, like, looks like the Elliot Ness look is back in. Harry, you dress exactly like that. <laughs> Harry dresses exactly <laughs> like that. And the guy doesn't look that much different than Dan. He just has a hat he, on. Yeah. yeah. If he didn't have a hat on. He would be he, dressed like Dan Fielding. No one. Yeah. It was, it's just the hat, which a lot of characters have come in to the cafeteria with hats. He has that hat. He wears the same hat I in guess, 20 minutes. Right. I guess it's, yes, he d- absolutely does. I guess it's the fact that the hat is like pulled over, like kind of closer to his eyes. Like that scumbag Jack Abramoff. You remember that uh, camera hog who showed up to his trial in that hat? He does look a little out of place. So Harry's having fun. He's getting a tough crowd back. Willard, as we will find out, is is kind of plotting this demise of Harry. Yeah. yeah. Um, which we can assume at this point because we already know from previous episodes how much he hates Harry. So then... But I Harry, thought they Harry's did bury the with- hatchet last time we saw Willard. Or was Willard just like, well, we'll meet again, kind of. I guess Willard's I a two-faced. No, I think it's... Like, I think... Willard is almost like a Scooby-Doo villain, like, that's not the villain that gets thwarted. He's just like, oh, you, these meddling kids. Right. Like, he just is always frustrated with He's an them. Old, cranky old dude. Yeah. Like, he can't abide by people goofing off. Let's be honest, like, his domestic life must be, like, just, man, like, mayonnaise on white bread. Like, just so boring. Because <laughs> he works during the day. So what what does he do with his night? He investigates he, like, the night weirdos. Listens to the Mets on a radio. Like you said, it's a, <laughs> just a mayonnaise sandwich in a white, a white tank top alone. Uh, yeah, that's funny. I do picture him, like, uh, almost like, uh, like our friend Mitch. Like, just sitting in a car. Yes. Like, you know, on a quiet block. <laughs> listening listen to his Indians play, play ball. <laughs> sipping, a co- sipping a cup of coffee out of a thermos. 
And what? Yes, yes. You don't know if it's soup or coffee. Yeah, right. And he won't really tell you. Yeah. Nor, or he could be one of those guys where, like, you see him out and you're just absolutely shocked because he has, like, a Steve Harvey, like, velvet suit on and has this gorgeous, like, model wife. And everybody's yeah. like, wait, what? Or he's like the police chief in The Wire where he's just a hard living, like, gay guy. <laughs> where he just like, goes to the gnarliest clubs and he's like at Studio 54, but during the day he's all like, all business. A I like that. I, that's what I'm going to go with. I like that. Well, I, anyway, like, I we, like that image more. The next important thing in Hans, I have the line, but I don't really remember the entire bit. It's the banana callback. Sure it is. He starts juggling because he's, he basically cuts in front of Judge Willard, it seems. Yeah, which he is absolutely also funny. does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then Willard, you know, off makes an offhanded remark and Harry like sasses him back. And then I was writing a note. Does he start juggling like apple? Orange, so Harry, uh, Harry starts juggling a red apple, a green apple and a banana. And Judge Willard says, hasn't everybody hasn't anybody ever told you it's not polite to play with your food? And then he drops everything and he picks up his banana and he says, you bruised my banana. And a uh, smile, ear to ear, profile, just like. But again, another banana joke. And clearly, a, uh, did we determine whether, so it's a callback to if that were a banana, I'd be dead. I'd be dead. Yeah. But that yeah. wasn't, we determined that wasn't sexual. This one's clearly sexual. Yes, yes. Harry knows he's going to those clubs. Oh, yeah. He's trying to bait him. Well, he also Willard gets the joke because he says like, "I'll I won't vi- it's I forget with this specific line, but he retorts oh, with yeah, like, like, "I won't send you a card at the hospital." Or yeah, something. like he gets it. Oh, that's right. I wish you a a, a quick recovery. That's a great point. Yeah. Yep, and you're then right. We get some legit. So he gets it, but the, and the great thing about Willard is that like whoever the actor that plays him. He's really good at being a fuddy-duddy and just, like, deadpanning it. Like, do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's still funny because he just delivers it so well that it's like... <laughs> yeah, he's so natural. Like, he's this uptight, sort of harsh, authoritarian person, but he does it with some ease. And so he's, it's got, absolutely. he's got to be funny in real life because he was able to keep a straight face with the following gag pre-credits which is the quarter oh yeah yep the quarters gag to just be able to just keep that look on of disdain on his face through that like and for have it to not change to annoyance to yeah, not to not it, mug to, it to, yeah to, to yeah to laugh no pun like, intended it he makes <laughs> if i may say that actor i'm sorry i don't know his name makes harry's jokes better yes oh yeah absolutely because when they're not landing correctly but they land on him the way that they're written to and he portrays that so perfectly you like the gag better yeah. right because he could easily just become a colonel clink stone yes of yeah, course and yeah. he doesn't he doesn't at all because harry is that ele- you know he's yeah. elevated to that cartoonish level it's no, I really like it. Sorry, continue. Yeah, if you want to know more about that actor, go back to our season one and listen to it's like episode four or five, and he appears, and we really go into depth. His name is Jason something, and sadly he's passed, but he's one of these guys who 
yeah, we, just we ran the gamut. He yeah, the he first. really worked. Yeah, it, and it's clearly and clear. It's clear why. Um, uh, so then we do get to Harry's joke. He he's at now finally at the front of the line with this fruit, and he's just sort of like, oh, I just I don't seem to have my wallet. It's an expensive order for three pieces of fruit. It's like a dollar seventy nine. Uh, so then he turns just to saying. Willard, just saying, and it's like I don't have money. I don't know if he asks him for money or if he just straight up goes into the gag. He goes, "Whoop! I don't have any money." He checks his, does the check your pocket thing, and He's, and it, from there he puts dirty coins, dirty eighties hooker coins, up towards <laughs> hidden up towards uh, Willard's nose, and then drops them into his coffee cup. Which should have been just full. So you know, it's should a, it's a legit of, magic trick. Full of Harry Stone soup. It should have yeah. It should have been full of hot boiling coffee. So it splashed <laughs> on Willard's hand or something. But and then the again another big old smile and we go cut to boom boom intro. Because oh yeah, he goes. I'll I'll get you back. And then we go intro. Oh okay, gotcha. As it, wait, who will get uh, you I, back? He'll get Willard back because those were his coins that he pulled out of his schnoz. Got it. Magic. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get that part. Fucking. Oh hell. yeah, it's <laughs> and it also is just we don't fully really know what's going on in terms of the judiciary board, right? Um, but you know we know that it's it's not good. It's not something that you would prefer. But it's also just one of those things where I'm just like. Yeah, I hope you go down. <laughs> I oh, said yeah. the credits. Not written for him like, yet. I, I end up I end up turning, but I was just like, oh Jesus, it's even more annoying. Like it's so pathetic. <laughs> I uh, I'm right there with you because I see my note. I didn't even realize I wrote it. It just says, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Harry's antics. <laughs> 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 Which is exactly how Willard would yeah, that's, say uh, it. That's true. <laughs> Uh, I wonder. I wonder. Oh, we're where gonna my find out. This there. is like oh, the show is just this weird meta. We're actually all as the audience judge Willard. All right, I know. Yeah, we just we're... forced to watch this night court corrupt my noble day court. So technically, people are. It's like Truman Show. They're watching us podcast, and really, they're like these stuffed shirt cats <laughs> just going after these innocent actors. Innocent characters from a fictional TV show. Yeah, someday, someday, like you said, Casey, someday, you know, this will all flash before our eyes and this will be an episode upon an episode. (laughs) Uh, And then we're back from credits and we're courtrooming it. We're in the courtroom. Yeah, exactly. We got Shivali. Let's call him DeMarco. We have the detective DeMarco DeMarco in the back. Uh, Everybody set up and Harry's doing something goofy at his desk but billy and dan are having a private conversation correct yeah and they're like he's back he's back just and it's dan's idea like smile and look innocent so they all turn and like smile and wave to demarco and he gives a little doffs his fedora like i'm watching i'm watching yeah so they establish everybody is on on their best behavior because the detective is there so then of course we after the smile and look innocent gag, camera cuts to Harry, and he's at the desk, and he's like, fellas, 
No, he's not. He's like Mouseketeers. Oh, right. Yeah, he club pulls some is still shit. in yeah. session, yeah, and he I says like it that. like that, like sing songy, like "Hey Mouseketeers." You trying to whitewash history, and then he and then he uh, he whips out his a deck of a cards, deck of cards and it's just like it's it's a face palm. And oh, he man. smiles like a crazy. That movie. is the craziest smile. Thank you. And <laughs> that smile, smile leads us to a like... great joke. But why did he pull out the cars just to pull out cars? There was no like setup or anything like that, right? He just pulled out cars for it's that just goofball a gag. smile. Yeah. Classic hacky magic trick gag, which like had a loaded deck, that which fans. did lead us to a great just, joke. They needed to say like, yeah, yeah, yeah. leads us to Selma D. Take it, Selma. For her first of the day. That's what chickens look like before they get the head cut off. Because <laughs> chickens smile like that just before you lop off their heads. And I was like, that's exactly right. And it's another callback to Harry's idiocy because before it's like, making chicken lips. He's got a chicken below the nose. He's a chick. And back to, it's also a callback to Mac who says that he can. Oh my God. Kill, eat, and head chicken. chicken. Is that a Game of Thrones foreshadow? Max gonna kill Harry? Oh this is literally, God. it's becoming a best of, which brings us to, to the case. Yeah, baby. The B the- in best. <coughs> Everyone's favorite. You know it's a good episode when you see her. Miss finally get Bouvier. To know her last name. Yes, Bouvier. I was like, Bouvier. They go, please bring in Miss Bouvier. I was like, Bouvier, Bouvier. Because I don't know if we heard the name before, but something no, in my bones said, I know who this is. Because they might have even said a, Carla I Bouvier. Yeah. I, so I, correct me if I'm wrong, but we have not seen her all season, correct? Yes, that's correct. No, we correct. haven't seen her since the la- her, her episode of last season. Yeah. So we have not seen her. Carla Bouvier comes out. And if I may say... I don't know if I just said it to you, Casey, or if I said it in the actual podcast of the last time. Um, but Carla's looking better. You didn't say that to me. Interesting. Carla's Why looking do you say better. That? I think number one, possibly hair and makeup team have improved. Also, probably due to storyline, they wanted her to look better and not as haggard. But in sure. her quote unquote episode last season, I was like, Everybody's talking about how, like, she's hot, but she's a hooker. Like, I think they're making her look like she's 52 in the face. Yeah. And I thought they really, really brightened her. They did her hair nice. They gave her a good red color Uh to come in with. Like, she just looks nicer. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, Carla. A better class of John. I got to tell you. She's getting into fighting Let me preface it with I love me some Carla B. I love her. And there's no, this is so misogynistic, there's no reason for this situation to ever arise. One, because I'd never put myself in it. And two, because it's the most hypothetical of hypotheticals. Carla's in a hooker lineup and old Dr. Toilet has his pick. Carla's not up at the top. I got to tell you, I'm not, I'm not physically attracted to Carla. Not sold on Carla B? No, I mean, I'm not either. Not my like, type. And, and not... Yeah, she's definitely not my type. Go drink with her at an after-hours bar Fuck yeah. every night of the week. Yes. 
She might she might get into Casey, those pockets, though. You have not weighed in. You're just shaking your head. It's a podcast. No, I think it's funny. No, I yeah. I think she's the perfect 80s hooker. I think she carries a blackjack. But Oh yeah, she's hard as a coffin nail. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. she'll bury you alive. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I I got a question uh, if Marie is an inside job. So <laughs> we're definitely gonna so be talking Carla a lot B. about Carla B. But she's back in, in she's back in, in court under un, what what was that case? Oh, I was just gonna say she comes in and her and Dan have a fun back and forth. Yeah, she's back turning tricks, back so soon, Miss Bouvier, and she just goes, I'm a workaholic. Smiling, you know, not yeah. not she's not bitter. She just paying her dues. This is like yeah. uh this is like that game uh where it's like the 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 pros outweigh the cons. Like if you're a criminal mm-hmm. and you just have to get the constitution, not that prostitution in my opinion is very much a criminal act, but it's in the broader scheme. If you're like a true blue criminal and you treat it like a job, like a business criminal, yeah. you just equate getting pinched as part of the gig, knowing that you pay lawyers, you are going to pay court fees. You're going to do this, but you literally do the math like a businessman. You're like, the overhead's way more worth it. You know what I mean? So she's like yeah, in, f- yeah. it's her fourth time in like that month, but it's always a $50 fine. And yeah. I mean, for Carla no, we, B, 50? 50 that's bucks. less than a, a handy. She gets a fin. Yeah, no yeah. way. She's just got to just give a guy a wink. She's going to get that 50 back. Oh, oh yeah. Flash um, and cheek. So yeah, we established that despite not seeing her on the show, Carla B has been in court oh, quite yeah. frequently. Absolutely. Uh, and she's busting Dan's balls about oh, yeah. being celibate. Like, she's just, and which is funny, be, and then so he gets flustered and feels the need to defend himself and basically just was like, it. I'm, I'm not, I, I, last month, he admits the last time he had sex was a month ago. I had that, I had that note Lee. too, yeah. She says, she was like, oh, my favorite celibate. And he yeah, says, right. I will have you know that just last month. And then he gets cut off by the next line. But it's it's really funny because, number one, they didn't oversell it. Like, you could have missed it. Like, there's a mm. lot going on, which makes it even funnier. Like, because it's just, you know, yeah. Dan reacting to something funnily. But if you put yeah. it together of what he just said, it's even better. No, and they're the perfect dynamic. And Larroquette kills it because if you think about his character... He purports to be this like sex crazy Lothario type guy, yeah. but actually sort of like a insecure, weird shut in. So to him, Carla B is his greatest opponent because she is just sex. Like she is so comfortable in her own skin. She can sell her. She can sex. She's a prostitute. Absolutely. Yeah. So like them together is yep. just amazing because he, she just is like, oh. There's a chump. I can see it. I can see it on his forehead. So she just busts his balls because she knows he she can rile him up because he's so uptight and like. Yeah, I think Dan like Dan, not only I question now and it's like a fun it's a fun thing to think about as to whether like obviously we know he doesn't close the deal very often. But I think like when he does close the deal. It's like awkward, almost to the point where he's oh, like, yeah. I got to go to the bathroom first and like splash cold water on his face. And like if we're doing <laughs> right, this and sometimes yeah. he like goes out like, like just like 
pulls like a out the back door kind of like situation. It's like, probably not enjoyable for anyone involved. I don't think so. Oh my god. Oh god, no. And I gotta say, are we gonna? Is this the is this the burgeoning starts of a Dan Carla B dating situation? No, Maybe a dating can't episode. Be. Can't be. Could be friends. No, because she's too she's too involved in her own way, and we'll get to it yeah, with with true. Harry. She's she's already taken. She's off. She's off the market. She's I gotcha. a taken woman. But that brings us to the case before uh-huh. Carla. You know, yeah. Carla B has obviously been solicit. You know, yeah, uh, picked tricks. up for soliciting. So a great thing happens. You know, same old, same old. Judge Harry, like, how do you, you know? How do you plead? And uh, Dan goes the usual prosecution. Billy goes the usual. He goes all right. The usual fifty dollar fine, so on so forth. Bangs the gavel. First time we've ever seen this yeah. go this quickly yep. in any in any of the trials mm-hmm. that we've had, the cases that we've come up for. Other than the very first case, which was three card Monty. Oh, very maybe. first case of the pilot right. three card Monty. Hey, how are you, Georgie? Hundred dollar fine. Yeah. Thanks, Harry. So yeah, it's right, good. Yeah. It's good to know the man. It's good to know the boss. Yeah, You're so in it's, and out. A, it's a the usual, the usual, the usual, which is awesome because mm-hmm. it's it's just funny. It gets us yeah. through it. I don't really think anything of it. And then Selma, you have a cut to oh, Selma yeah. who looks at Bull and says, "That's what I love. Each case, there's a drama unto itself." <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, that's great. Which I was even, adorable, yeah. like, because I don't know why they put it in. It wasn't sassy Soma. It was no. literally bright-eyed Soma, like, she, and she hit it, nailed it on the head, yeah. Selma Diamond. Um, because it was just so funny, because you're like, that's amazing. We get, No, it's true. This episode, we get the both sides of the coin of Selma. Big time. We get little Pitbull Selma, but then we get... Like Rose from Golden Girls, Selma. Uh, just absolutely. Sort of like, which I think is a funny dichotomy. And I works think it if is you do too. It, like, and I think that when she does that, you know, her Rose ask bits, which is a great way of putting mm. it. I like the fact that she's with Bull. Yeah, yeah. Because they're more of the buddy buddies. Like, it's not. She's yeah. not. She's not being bright eyed and bushy tailed with Dan. Like, she would never do that. She would turn it right back mm. on, like the sass. But when she's with Bull... Yeah, it's civilian Selma yeah. then, as opposed to like, <laughs> right. work Selma. Totally. I hypothesize that Selma has a hip flask. So early <laughs> night court, sassy, hard, commenting, has a few toots off the old jug, and then she gets a little more wistful, and she's telling stories. She's washed a little hair of the dog. I think maybe those... Cigarettes she's smoking are dipped in embalming fluid, but she's just like <laughs> dipped in mercury. <laughs> she's always like tripping. Oh uh, man, I wish I wish Selma was still around for us to to get in touch with her. <laughs> I mean, I do the math. I think she'd she'd be she'd be she'd be pretty up there. Maybe not. Twenty years old. Yeah, the oldest living bailiff, uh. fictional bailiff around. <laughs> Uh, and then we have a bit where everybody bails on Harry in the courtroom before oh, he calls recess. No, because- Real quick, I love this line before this happens. So Carla exits 
and Dan gives her a jibe. And sorry to be so like specific, focusing on everything. We'll get the ball rolling. But he goes, "Hey, don't take any wooden shriners." I was like, "Oh my god, that's such an old timey Dan reference that he would use." Because uh, first I was like, "Wooden shriners," and I was like. One, that connects to something later, oddly enough. And two, I'm like, I guess it's just like the Shriners had like wooden coins that they could only use in their own kind of club situation. I'm imagining. Oh, I see. So it's like, don't take any wooden nickels. Don't take any fake money. Don't get, yeah. don't get, uh, don't get the trick turned on you. To which she goes over, rubs his jacket. She goes, hmm, nice. Virgin wool. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, yeah. He was he was frazzled after that. Oh, it's the, so to- Casey, the Larry Bird toy. So yes, Casey, to bring it back to you, what actually happened? Yeah. So then Harry pulls out this fucking toy. Dollars to donuts. That's a Larry Bird toy. I think white guy it, with blonde hair. Oh yeah. I think I didn't have that one. I had this horrible toy with a football player where you put a football in front of his foot and you slammed the head down and it like kicked a field goal. But this is the same concept. You put a ball, you draw the arm back and it, and it throws it into the hoop. And again, like my previous note, I'm not the biggest Harry fan, fan of Harry's antics. I just wrote, Oh, Harry and his toys. Oh, wait, I like that toy. I, I, I think that'd be a fun toy to play with. Well, yeah, but honestly, in a courtroom, like, yeah. it's just a fucking eye roll moment. Like, oh, yeah. look, and he's just so happy. Like, look what I got. And Billy's like, sir, like, not now. Away. Like, put the toy. And then she doesn't say that. Oh. She says, you know, not now. Can we that do this later? Mac. And then finally, she just kind of looks at Mac like, please help. And Mac goes, put your toys away, sir. Like, and yeah. he nails it because it's just like, it sounds like a dad. Like, put, okay, quit fucking around. And he it is really put your toys away. Harry's not doing a magic trick. Harry's not pulling something out that relates to anything in the court. It's he's just his like ADHD yeah. brain. Yeah. Playing yeah. with I do like that he got it at uh didn't he say he got it at a thrift yard store. sale or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thrift like store. That, yeah. That I like about him. He's doing he's having fun shopping. <laughs> Billy finally says, you know, I call for a recess, and Harry's like, You can't do that. I'm the judge. Billy looks to Mac. Mac just leaves without saying a word, presumably to go to Harry's chambers. Yep, just backs up. Billy then leaves to go to chambers. Dan goes to chambers. Bull goes to chambers. Now, gentlemen, does Selma go to chambers? No. No. Selma really slowly puts a cigarette in her mouth. Lights it, all while maintaining eye contact with Harry. Puffs it like it's the last fucking puff of the last fucking cigarette on Earth. And blows it his way. And so Harry fucking understands from this subliminal messaging that he needs to go to Chambers right now. Gets up like a scared, like, animal Uh and just goes, Recess! And leaves, which I was like, I didn't get the uh-huh. bit, but Selma. I loved it. No, it's, it's, that's, I like, it, that's another insight into Selma and her dynamic with everybody. Like, Selma's uh, a wisecracker, like a wiseacre mm-hmm. can be fun. Selma's old wistful rose from Golden Girls, which can be fun. But Selma's also like that person you know that, like, doesn't have to say a word, can, like, and they're just like, it's time now. 
serious oh, it's time. It's very now. serious. It's yeah, like okay. almost like a mom, like you get a feeling with like a mom stare, like, all right, all right, I'm okay. okay. Got it, got it. I'm done with my game. I'm done with Nintendo for today. Uh, and then we're then back in chambers, yes, and then yeah, that's when they they tell Harry kind of what's happening, and then Demarco comes in with the actual. Like, is it a summons? Yeah, Dan's like, there's a cancer in the judiciary. And then DeMarco comes in, introduces himself, and and Harry's like, you must be the growth we were... Or this must be the growth we were talking about. He does kind of look like a growth. Uh, Not to judge. But, uh... (laughs) No pun intended. But, uh... He, uh, Carla B, not fuckable. Yeah. Sorry, Demarco. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I really think you're a fine man. I didn't say Carla B was unfuckable. Clearly, she's fucking. <laughs> but I'm saying on my list of hookers, <laughs> I would fuck. Carla she has B the is lower. To be fucked. <laughs> that's her full um, name, Carla B. Fucked. <laughs> she ain't no doctor alien. That's for sure. No one. Is. Oh my god! It all comes back full round. Jeez Louise. Uh, and then uh, Harry's given, he has to to go in front of the... So DeMarco is basically saying, you know, I do these all the time. Like, this is what I do. So everybody's kind of like, oh, a little sense of relief. Like, this happens all the time, so on and so forth. And he was like, most of the time, like, nothing comes of it. And everybody's like, oh, Billy has a moment I didn't write down because I'm ignoring that she exists. Mm -hmm. And then DeMarco says, but long shots do come through. Mm -hmm. And hands Harry with a summons for impropriety and conduct unbecoming a judge. Yep. Harry's in trouble. So Harry, Harry's in some, in some water and he's pretty deep in. And then we go to commercial it's a commercial uh, and then we cut to to the hallway yeah so we're now at a week later so the summons says Mm -hmm. that he has to go to kind of like an informal mini in chambers trial Mm -hmm. um to present his case and have the case presented against him one week from today of when the show is so we cut back from commercial and now we're in a different hallway not our hallway outside no. of chambers. We're in we're outside of another chambers hallway. It looks a little bit nicer, a mm-hmm. little bit more art there. Lower and, floor, so I'm a, assuming. Yeah, so yeah. we're we're at a week later, and Harry's about to go in for the kill, as it were. And everybody's uh, hanging out around the door because, as we'll find out, uh, they are they may be called into. Uh, be interviewed to testify for or against Harry. Right. And uh, so they're going through, I think Mac is going through like a list of charges and he goes, uh, he goes, what does he say? He goes, uh, a hand, he's like improper use of a handheld electrical stimulant. And then it goes to Danny's like a joy brother rap. Unbelievable. Well, you guys missed Willard comes in. Oh, scumbag. Yeah. Willard comes into the hallway because he's presenting the case against Harry. This is now what we've learned. Selma stands in front of him before he answer before oh, he boy. enters. Yep. Yeah. And in cute little Selma fashion, like the little pit bull fists on both hips. Defending defending the judge, she goes, Go ahead. Make my day. Biggest Which laugh is, of the episode. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because number one. It's just cute because she's just yeah. this little bopper. 
Number two, I love it because, again, let's get the pop culture references in. Yep, right. Everybody knows that line. Um, and number three, it really does set up for what ends up happening. Everybody, when and we'll get there, while defending Harry, looks like a fucking idiot themselves. But there's one thing that can't be denied, and that's that they're very loyal to him. Yeah, right. So it just sets everything up perfectly. Yeah, I guess is it is it make my day is it was it just fresher at that time like i just have a note like remember when make my day was hilarious apparently i think it was i don't know when maximum force or whatever the first dirty harry was but that's what the line's from it has to be a few years old if that even yeah i think yeah early 80s dirty harry i honestly maybe i'm dating myself but that's something that if i heard it today like You'd laugh uncontrollably. No, but I, I would, I wouldn't be plussed about it. Like I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense that someone would say that. Like, no, that reference permeated like a few decades because sure. I honestly have never seen a single Dirty Harry movie. No, but I know that that is from Dirty Harry. Well, I'm giving you two also- an assignment because you guys have some maternity leave coming up. Watch Deadpool. It's like Deadpool. It's like a very also like for us growing up as kids, like I think it was a little bit more adult, mm-hmm. but it's ours, our I'll be back, like yeah, or hasta yeah. la vista, like it's it's sure. that, like it's that moment, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily funny in itself, right? But it's just as you said, so permeated into our you know, culture and subconscious that it's just like, you get it. And when Selma says it, yeah, it's funny. And it's also like, it's little Selma saying something yeah. that fucking dirty Harry says. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's I'm like not, yeah. I'm not giving her a hard meme. time. Like it's the perfect actor saying it in the perfect movie. Like it just is like 40 year old, late, late forties, Clint Eastwood. Like nobody looks tougher than him. Yeah. True. Right. Um. So yeah, go ahead, make my day. So also, really, really, really quickly before Willard enters, we skipped over a lot of stuff. Dan, you know, is also Dan kind of sets up like the kiss assiness. Like Willard goes in and he's just like that guy, yada yada. And Willard kind of pops back out and says, like, by the way, I'll be having like a celebratory party. He says victory after party, this, a victory party. That and, angered and me. Dan, in perfect Dan fashion, goes, looking forward to getting better acquainted with you, sir. Victory he shuts party? shuts the door. Victory party? I'm telling you, party animal. Once those robes come oh, off, they're off. Oh, yeah. yeah. But who has a victory? Like you, I, Someone that wears a dickie? Uh, only a dickie and a yeah. spike right? cockering. He's got hair, hair star, nipple clips, and a chain. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, and, yeah. then, and then he closes the door, and everybody kind of looks at Dan with utter disappointment. He goes, I think he bought it, you know, yeah. oh, just, yeah, a, just right. a, but it's a perfect Dan moment. And then before Harry enters to go into trial, Harry, Dan says to Harry, you're young, you still have your health, and the humiliation won't last forever. Yeah. Via and con Dios. And then he, yeah, Muchacho. He goes, with the best thumbs up ever yeah. and face it's profile. It's so good. Like, mm-hmm. so it's this basically. Every, yeah. Harry comes down the hallway dressed neat. Like, he looks great. 
And everybody's like, go get him, Harry. Break a leg, Harry. Like, you can do it, Harry. Like, just, you know, words of to get him going. Yeah, and, and I think then... Dan actually starts it, and I miss this. Dan starts it with, like, everything's going to work out. Like, we're all very confident. But if it doesn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Very yeah. ominously. So it's just these these cute little moments. Like, these mm-hmm. funny, genuinely funny, quick. Yeah, it's quick. Moving yep. moments. And that's when... Night Court does its best work is when it moves fast. Moving, yeah, uh, and then we move into the courtroom, the trial, trial of the century, trial of the century. And who do we see sitting at the desk but Mr. Judge Landis? And judge I go, Landis. that judge sure looks familiar. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Hand, Mr. Hand, it is Mr. Hand. But I used to watch a show called Picket Fences with Tom. Garrett, in -hmm. which he was a, it was like this kind of soap opera, but primetime soap opera, and it was this little town in, uh, it was called Rome, Wisconsin, I think, it was this little Midwestern town that would seem so bland, it's a doctor and a sheriff who have two kids, a car and a garage, but this town is insane, so like all these crazy things happen, then it centers around the court. And this gentleman plays the judge in that in that court. So like all these crazy mishaps happen and this town gets turned upside down like there's <laughs> it gets crazy. Like no spoilers if you want to watch Picket Fences. And I do recommend it. Uh, somebody gets par- somebody becomes crippled by a potato gun. And it, like all these amazing things happen in that show. No spoilers, but uh, it's a good show. And I was like, oh, I, I, he's great in that show. He's more he's not wacky in that show. He's a very stern judge because like Five-ish Finkel. I don't know if you know that actor. Uh-huh. He's a he's a very famous actor. He predominantly plays like this over. Isn't that the mouse in American Tale? I'm kidding. <laughs> was oh, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get up earlier for Spicy. American Tale jokes. I had to make my that day. You go really like, hey, hey, I'm a zit. Get it? Bible. Oh, I'm a zit. Get it? Five-ish? Do you guys like that joke? I'm a zit. Get it? Yeah. Okay. Me. Me too. It works then. perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't get the two of us started on Animal House because it's a house divided. This is a house divided on Animal House. Our daughter will have to be the tiebreaker. Oh, that's very, I'd love to hear this sometimes. But for now, we come in on old Judge Landis. You recognize him from running the gamut, Judge Hand, Mm -hmm. probably most well known as a professor, teacher Hand, Mr. Hand. Um, And he's looking down. Oh, there you go. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So Willard wants to start. Right. Proceedings mm-hmm. and he's he's reading something and he's probably going over the court case or his notes yep. or like something judicious and very important. And he goes, One moment, and he, he looks down and finally goes, he lifts up the book, it's a highlights magazine, sure is. and he goes to Willard and says, Can you find the hippo in this picture? That's right. Yeah, thank you. Yep. And instantly mm-hmm. we know. That we've we got, got Harry we've, we've got Harry Senior on our hands. Yep, this case is we rigged. His dad wasn't dead. Oh wait, he was is hiding this... in the court. Are we going to have an episode where Dan and Carla B are married? This is Harry's dad. <laughs> this is the setup for the Twilight episode. Bull has a long head of luscious hair. <laughs> 
so they call the first witness, which is Dan. Yep. Oh, you missed a, another good insight into Judge Landis. Uh, so Willard says he is the prosecutor, and then Judge Landis asks Harry, who will be oh, yeah, his yeah, yeah, defense, yeah. who will defend him, and Harry says, I'll defend myself. Oh, yeah. And then the judge, in a very judgy voice, goes, uh, those who represent themselves have a fool for a client. Who said that? And then uh, uh, Willard. Willard goes, uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes, and then Landis goes, who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. I like that quote, actually. Um, and I love uh, seeing people defend themselves because it's always insane. It's always, always insane. Um, uh, and then they, they call Dan. They call the, yeah. Dan walks in, but before he walks in, he does something yes. as Dan as only Dan can do. Kisses, I, kisses his three I fingers. Laughed. Puts him right on the lips of a picture of Ronald Reagan as he walks in the door. It's literally like, for for any of the listeners who didn't watch the episode, it's you know it's it's a common football sports mm-hmm. thing, but they whenever I see it now, I familiarize it directly with Friday Night Lights of you know tapping the quote unquote the Panther paw yeah before you leave the locker room like the clear eyes full hearts can't lose oh, thing. Yeah. So it, it's just a recognizable thing. And even in 1984, way before Friday Night Lights, like people would still recognize that tap yeah. for good luck before entering sure. or exiting a place. Holy fucking shit. Kissed his hand, smacked oh, it yeah. right on Ra- Ronald Reagan's lips. First team Reaganite right Republican. For it sure. was so good. Uh, and then Dan's in the hot seat. And there's Which a f- also, I'm, really, I'm so sorry, really quickly. It also kind of gives you an insight into the pol- not the political aspect of the show writers or the show itself because they they I mean obviously they mm-hmm. don't get super political but they make Dan like the ultimate like Reaganomics guy. Yeah. And they make him and a joke kind of. Exactly. Like so it's it's just really interesting like for both sides, it's funny. They're not necessarily picking a stance, but it's interesting to say, like, we've obviously said it in this podcast, watching it, like, this is the Reagan supporter of the group. But for them to acknowledge it, that's also, like, that's a pretty heavy deal for a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, because who's, who's watching this it. sitcom? It's not the liberals right. in New York. Exactly. It's the it's old, a, That's a pretty, yeah. you're, you're kind of... Poking, not making fun, like not humiliating, but you're you're poking the bear a little bit of your core Midwestern audience. Well, it's like but that the poor Midwestern spinning. audience is like kind of like you only see what you want to see. So like they kind of are like Dan's the man. No, totally, absolutely. I but I Perhaps. think it's it's That's interesting that the writers did that. Right, and it's set in that Alex P. Keaton model. Right, right. like he's so erudite and so. Well, you know, like, he's a cartoon character. Exactly. So even if you are a Reagan Republican from the Midwest, you can laugh at what you see as the highfalutin, like, Lee Atwater sure. sort of Republican. Anyways, Dan is in the hot seat, <laughs> and he has a funny gag. Uh, I forget how it plays out, but he's just like... They it. say, what What do you do? Oh, just yeah. for the record... I'm not on what, trial what, here! Yeah. <laughs> what is it that you do? 
Like you see his, he walks and he's super comfortable to the point where the judge is like, can I get you a pillow, Mr. Fielding? Yeah. He's like, I'm fine. And then instantly folds as Casey and I were talking about, like just totally comes a wreck, pulls out a pair of Benoit balls. I don't know where he got (laughs) them from. Starts balls. Yeah. Flapping those around his hand. It was just, perfect. He's like, what do you do? I'm not on trial here. Oh, and he just loses it. Like, he's a paper tiger for for sure. And sure enough, like, you know, Judge Willard's, like, trying to get him to say stuff, and he's trying to stay loyal to Dan. But then Willard twists his words like, a, I don't trust lawyers. And he's like, he's like, no, that would be insane. He's like, but you said insane, Mr. Fielding. He's yeah, like, I didn't, well, I shouldn't have. I sh-. And he just gets Willard- up and- tries to get Dan to admit that Harry is inappropriate and right. kind of a joke and like you said insane. So Willard brings up an instance where oh, sure. uh Judge Harry shoots Dan in the face with the squirt gun which uh, when Willard describes it you're like yeah that's kind of loony toony like why would you do that in court you're a judge and Dan tries to not perjure himself. Dan is like, oh, but he missed. He was trying to hit my briefcase, which, and then call does back. it in that fakey voice, and it doesn't, yeah. yeah. Total callback. Briefcase callback. I didn't callback. Even notice that. Briefcase callback. Um, but yeah, it doesn't make it any better. It kind of looks weirder then. Like, yeah. it's still weird that in, in this context, mm-hmm. that a judge was shooting you with a water pistol in open court. But then Harry gets to defend himself, and he calmly and coolly explains the court was not in session. It was a particularly rough day in court. Night. And night court. And he he was just trying to break the tension. Like, he was just trying to have a little levity to a very serious job. And to To which which he literally says, I was just trying to bring a little levity into the situation. Uh... Uh, and because that's what the other judge had said earlier, he's like, "Good point. Didn't I make Did- that?" I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, and then wacky we call judges. Our next, our next witness, and we cut, and it is uh, <laughs> full midst of possibly another all-time great Selma. <laughs> a lot um, of context lines. So we cut back. So the weird. camera just so pans odd. across everybody in the room, and they're all, they just look exhausted. It looks like we've cut to, like, three and a half hours yeah. later. Like, we don't know how long this has been going on, but it's been a while. It looks like us about an hour, 40 minutes into season yeah. two, episode five, the computer <laughs> whiz kid. Yeah, no, totally. totally. So she's, so I, I was, you know, with, like, Bobby Casavetti, I woke up in a <laughs> rowboat in Sheepshead Bay with a bottle of cheap wine and a song in my heart. I oh, so love good. that. Wait, what was the question? So good. That was that was one. Of, I I love those. I love those jokes too. Like they're not necessarily. Uh, in some instances, you could call them a cop out, but if the character is developed and it's good, like it's not necessarily mm-hmm. the hardest thing to write. Like. Case we know because we've all written yeah. like non sequitur like sketch jokes or it's like weird word plus weird word plus weird situation is just odd and 
if you can just pull a cutaway to it, show somebody yeah. exhausted and they're in the middle of this weird situation, you don't even have to set up something as no. good as cheap wine, rowboat, weird Italian name, Sheep's Head song Bay. It's just heart. song in my heart. It's perfect. Well, it's also, it does two things. Like it, number one is a perfect callback to the fact that Selma is long-winded when she tells stories, mm-hmm. which is why in earlier this season, Mac leaves, Bull leaves, you know, everybody yeah. leaves when she starts telling a story. So we've already established that. So they earn it. Right. Number two, it also just paints the perfect outside of just being funny on its in its own right. It paints the perfect picture that Harry's not really being helped. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Harry, it's as as much as they try. It's, he's not I, being helped. I never thought, like, yeah, by comparison, seeing all of these people in their natural habitat. There's a reason we're we're not going to see Mac defend him because Mac is a sane person. Right. Right. We've talked about it a thousand times. But yeah, seeing crazy, scared Tomcat Dan going from <laughs> like tough guy to like, oh, don't touch me. Yeah, and then Selma. And then we're about to see Bull, which he just does the perfect representation oh, of Bull Shannon. Well, and also we'll talk about so, loyalty. So, yeah, and as we so Selma's done, they're just like, you know what, fuck it. Like they don't even ask her questions about Harry. They're just like, just get her the fuck out of here. They're calling Bull in, which comes to the next gag, which oh, we so didn't good. mention. Billy right. has Billy has all of these notes and all of these folders. And for the last week, since they found out that this summons was given to Harry, she's been doing a ton of research in order to defend him properly. So Billy's the one person that's ready at the bat. And uh, she keeps not getting called, which I really enjoyed because it looks like the writer's room has the same opinion that I do of Billy. It's just like, we don't call her. Just don't call her. I, I kind of um, feel, as we just talked about that now, I do feel a little, like, because my first thought was like, you stop trying so hard, Billy. Like, she's a latecomer mm-hmm. to the show, and all of a sudden, she's acting like she's, like, number one friend to Harry Stone. But in truth, it's like, uh, I, lost, I lost my can here. I lost my <laughs> headphone. In truth, uh, old Billy... Is just trying to like be one of the gang, right? Yeah, yeah. Like she's she really just is. trying like, to get in there. I think if she played it like that, she'd be more uh, like you could. Yeah, she'd be a sympathetic character. Yeah. Like if she was that, hey guys, hey guys. But I don't think it. She's written as that. I think that the actor. I think she. I think Ellen Foley plays her like that, which is it doesn't. How it's written and how it's performed don't coincide with each other. They aren't seamless. Because for me, the... the he, can you okay. hear us? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, Got yeah. It. Uh, <laughs> yep. You could have easily just imagine Billy's part played by Lana. Same gags from season one. Because that's exactly the stuff Lana would do. She'd over-prepare... She wouldn't get called in, and she's like, "I have, I'm the most important person in the well, room." Well, the sad part is, I never th- thought I'd fucking say this, but Lana would do it ten times better. Ooh, yeah, Billy, Billy, love on the dashboard lights or whatever that song's <laughs> called. So, and they didn't even anyway. hear it, like what we were talking about, uh, because it's a podcast, not you know, not not video. I purposely unplugged my headphones for that conversation of Billy. 
no, no, no. Um, so, so cut, you know, just so we have it mm. in the ether, Billy, Billy sure, keeps not getting course, called. Bull goes in and Bull and Selma are passing each other as Selma is exiting. And so Selma good. just goes, piece of cake. And Bull <laughs> leans down her and very genuinely nicely goes, maybe later. I love, so <laughs> thank I love you. It. Thank you for a couple of those. Maybe. We haven't had them in a while. Yes, it's so good. And that was a good Bull joke. Yeah. That wasn't like bull such a fucking idiot. Like they didn't go. It wasn't hard handed. It mm. was. It was just cute, funny, simple, sweet, and again, fast. Right. Fast. Yeah, it's such a great. And then he sits down. The judge says, "Be seated." He sits, and the judge says, "Be seated." I am. Huh. Hair gone. <sighs> Call back to that luscious, the hair will never go away. I don't know who's got a fucking craw in their ass about this hair. Hey, what's with the hair? He's not bald. If you were so fixated on having these bald jokes, why didn't you cast an actual bald person? Like, or just pay, do it. fucking wax his goddamn million. Yeah, right. Pay Richard Mole an extra hundred dollars an episode and have a barber just straight up straight razor his head before the shoe. Buy him maybe a fucking he... bick at the corner store R- right. for thirty five cents in nineteen eighty four. Maybe Bull's got that uh, got that uh, highfalutin actor thing like. Uh, Who's that guy who played Lex? Uh, that guy. Gene uh, Hackman. Gene Hackman wouldn't shave his head to play. Le- they were paying him millions of dollars to play Lex no, no. Luthor. Gene Hackman had a full head of hair and a thick, luscious mustache. Yes. And he got, he was signed on to do Lex Luthor, and he refused to shave his head and his mustache. So the director, Richard Donner, they hadn't met in person, went and got like hair and makeup, got the most expensive looking prop mustache Uh and met with hackman and they had like a heart to heart and he was like i understand you're not wanting to shave your head but it's lex luther you can't have a mustache and he was like i've had this mustache for 25 years i'll shave mine if you shave yours so he conned him into shaving his mustache and richard donner's was fake that's so great. Does Gene Hackman have a mustache in all those other movies, though, like French Connection and stuff? He doesn't, no. does he? What the hell no. is... I I would have... I got to... Uh, who am I? I'm never going to be in that situation. I would have said, all right, Gene, then we're going to... Like, is Gene Hackman gonna the one selling that movie? May, well, maybe, because it was a newcomer. Chris Reeves was a newcomer to Superman. But, like, just shave your fucking head. And then I give Cesar Romero a pass. Because he didn't shave his mustache, but they just caked that white makeup over it. And he gets a pass because of the incidental. It makes him look like, again, one of the scariest men, uh, the scariest characters of all time. There's nothing like caked makeup over facial hair. Um, it, it haunts my dreams. But uh, do we get back to Bull? Because I love this. Speaking this of is haunting like a, dreams, we yeah. get an intense... Judge Landis asks Bull about Harry, and he's like, I take a bullet between the eyes for that man. I jump on a grenade for that man. I do, and just- I'd drive a nail in my skull if he asked me to. Right through that bald head. Yeah, right through that bald head. 
Uh, and then, you know, Landis is like, ah, oh, you're very, very loyal. So Bull gets up to leave and he passes Harry and he was like, I did it. I did it intense for you. And he's like, you'll get it someday. <laughs> or, I tried to, I tried to be really intense. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love, that was the, what sealed the deal. I was like, this is a crew. I love having like, yep. a, you know, once you get older, you realize that your friends are your family. So when you have a good yep. crew of, of friends, you're in good shape. And I've had, doesn't always happen, but I will say like at a bar, Casey, well, early on at like a coffee shop you and I worked at, and then at a bar you and work, you and I worked at specifically me, but you were, you were involved. Like we've had a, I've had a couple instances in my life where I've actually had work environments that yeah. were tight, not just, it, it, you lose that later. In, well, no, they have it in Nightcore, but that's fictional, but like, I certainly haven't experienced it in a long time, but when you have like a core group of friends that are like, ha- even the jobs were shitty, by the way, mm-hmm. but like oh, yeah. you're tight and you all hang out after hours and you all have inside jokes. It's like, it's a pleasure to go to work for the most part. You all have yeah. a, yeah. you all have a um, common enemy, whether it just be yeah. the job in general or like an actual shitty boss. And, and I, I guess maybe I was uh, reminiscent of that dynamic. So I liked it. So, after that, the judge is like, you have a loyal group of friends, Harry Stone. Mm-hmm. They think awful yeah. highly of you. And he's like, well, I like to think I, I earned that. And he cuts to – he looks at Willard and he says, you've done a terrible job here. Yeah. To which then, Willard says, I'm not finished. Oh, I'm not finished yet. And DeMarco comes back with what – they assume is the it's the evidence it's the smoking gun yep. so it's going to bring harry down and what it is is miss bouvier what's there miss b creepy demarco was following harry and he saw carla bouvier go to harry's apartment and go up and stay the night and she's a hooker and therefore He's a judge. without any evidence of any transaction perspire perspiring Transpiring? What's the word? Transpiring. Transpiring. Just a uh, old bee. You know what? You know what bee's up to, or so oh, we yeah. think. So she goes into Harry's apartment. Demarco sees it, which I think he, isn't what he's doing. More criminal? No, I guess not. You're allowed to hire detectives, right? To to follow people yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, he's a private investigator. Like he just said, because Harry gets mad and was like, "You were following me." Uh-huh. And Demarco says, "I got time and a half." Don't yeah, you? It was in the rain. Y- yeah, right. You were circumstantial, l- there in the rain. very circumstantial evidence. It's not a criminal court. I understand if they're doing improprieties, it does look bad to Harry, but you can't prove anything. Right. I do want at some point in my life to get uh, like uh, cornered randomly one day, and somebody to be like, "Mr. Frywell, can we sit down for a minute?" And they hand over a file. And it's like images of me and they've been following me for like a month and like, like I just, and they've got like, you know, conversations I've had and who I met, like just to like, it's like, cause I don't keep, the only reason I know I'm alive, I think it's like a Mark Norman bit. It's like, uh, you know, I had a girlfriend once and, uh, she was, uh, taking pictures and it was the first time I'd ever seen, seen anything like that. He's like, Oh my God, I've lived. Because it's like, I don't pay attention to my, I don't pay attention to anything. But then Mag will like go on Facebook and I'll see like photos of like the last five months or something. I'm like, oh yeah. Because with me, stuff. 
Yeah, exactly. So instead of explaining what's, you know, uh-huh. what uh, what the the reasoning behind this is, whether they will fuck it or not, Harry gets irate. Yeah. Very defensive. Right. He's like, if, the, if this is how it's going to go, yeah. I'm done. I quit. I'll yeah. save you all the time. Carla, like, don't say anything. You don't have to because I quit. Yeah. Yeah. He's very upset. Out. Loves that Carla B. He does. Uh, then we cut to Judge's Chambers and Harry's packing up his gear. Yeah. His gear and his gags. Call back Armadillo. Armadillo. From the pilot. Weight, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, boy. It's almost like, uh, almost you're like, Jesus, what is this, the series finale? Yeah, right. This could easily have been the last episode ever. Right. So he's packing up. Mac comes in. He and Mac have a very touching moment. And he's he's like, you know, sir, I'm going to miss you, sir, or your honor. Your honor. He says, here's Don't your- Don't call me your honor. Yeah. I'm not your honor. I'm not. You don't have to call me that anymore. I'm not a judge. And of course, old Mac kind of quivery lips says, "A poofer, your honor." Gets choked up. It's yeah, that's right. Because Mac is returning Harry's dribble glass. That Whatever he had that might be in the, in the judges or in the bailiff's lounge. Is a dribble lounge. is a dribble glass like it has like a hole in it or something or like? Yeah, I think it like spills when you drink out of it. It's a gag. It, gag booze. Is it like warped glass? Like I think I have a dribble coffee pot. Like they didn't exactly like <laughs> form it or blow the glass right. So every time I pour a cup of coffee, every time a stream of coffee just runs down the side directly onto the floor every time, which yep, now makes me sad because I just have never bothered to fix it in years. That's good for me to know because I didn't get it and I wrote down dribble glass. Like, no, it's a you know practical. how they have like a people have like a spit can or you know whatever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> first first tobacco like, glass. I was like, in since the last time we saw Harry, like, did he have a stroke? Like, like, I literally thought it was a cup to to capture capture and catch dribble. Well, that's now a thing. This makes for so when, much more sense. Yeah. When that should have been explained. Yeah, I agree. That is definitely now a thing when I write a creepy Garth Ennis-style villain character. He will have, like, a minion or his own dribble glass that somebody's always, like, catching drool out of his mouth. I really, and I always got this sloppy thing of drool and mucus. I oh, that's so good. Thank you. No, yeah, it's no just a, thank you. a practical joke glass that spills when you try and drink out of it. Okay. Um. So they and then Harry tells Mac like thank you I'm going to miss you but I don't I would like to not see anybody else today. Right. And sure oh, enough knocks. Sure enough. Harry uh the judge comes in or uh, there's a knock and it's like uh the the judge enters and he's like the stone lets him lets him come in and he says I'm disappointed in you Mr. Stone. Or no, first let me say he sets it up he's like you know Mr. Stone you remind me of a young me. He's like, you know, I've been like this for 50 years. I'm not senile. So when I am senile, nobody will know it. In fact, neither will I. So he's going on this yeah. diatribe. You, he's reiterating what we and already it's, know. It's They're definitely the same more, it's more hanky yeah. than even that. Like oh. he's, he definitely, the actor studied harry anderson's delivery of lines Mm -hmm. like because he did it very in the same rocks it because you like you can't really tell from like you were saying picket fences or mr hand and fast times at ridgemont high because he's very austere and like 
noble. Right. But this guy is a straight up like vaudevillian sure. style like comedian. Like he's got the timing in the moves. So he has that jaunty and then he just quickly like when he's doing that like and I won't even know when I'm senile. And he can snap in and out like so fluidly. He walks over to, yeah, exactly. And then in that fluid motion, he walks over, picks up a Shriner hat off Harry's desk, one of those red boxy hats. He says, I didn't know you were a Shriner. He goes, I'm not. I picked it up at a yard sale. New York yard sale, Harry. I let it go. And then he goes, ah, that's where I got my Captain Video helmet. Please, please, you guys tell me you know what that is. No idea. No. Damn it. Should have looked it up. Yeah, I so, really thought that you guys would know too. I, thought I just was, thought it was a boy thing. I, I think it's just a generic reference. I think I could be way wrong. I could be way off base. I just thought it was a quick, like we don't have a, a name for a rocket helmet, so we have Captain Video. Right. Yeah, I, um, I was like, maybe it's like a. I yeah, I have no idea. It's like a video. Is it like a power glove for your brain? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and video is relatively new still, so it's sure. like not. Um, so we find out that this is in fact old Harry. Like they are the same, they share the same common like spirit. Right. And, Absolutely. Uh, so as they're they're realizing that they're very similar, Carla B enters to join Mac, Judge Landis, and Harry, and uh, she wants to come clean. She wants to tell the the judge of judges just what's happening. And still, Harry doesn't want her to. Oh, Carla B comes in like she's got her own set of stones. She goes, what? What did you do? And so she's very upset, and she sure gets the judge's attention, who just previously to her entering, she just goes, I'm disappointed in you, Mr. Stone. He says, but I quit. He said, that's why I'm disappointed. So so you realize that this judge is on his side, but the judge still can't overlook him you know, having yeah. having sex with his hookers that yeah. he uh, you know meets in court, as we all know, with those those babies down in the. Sorry for using the babies. Those ladies, <laughs> those, those babies. lovely ladies of the night. I'm like Sinatra. I got Sinatra in the brain. Hey, baby. Uh, hey, baby. He uh, uh, you know down in the the jails, they all love him, and uh, but we know it's because of other reasons. So yeah. Carla B comes uh, in. She's upset. She wants to right the wrongs. And she's uh-huh. going to spiel the whole story. And boy, howdy. She's, what she starts, a story tis. And Mac, Mac has one more. So like, Mac's kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm going to let myself she's out. She's like, I, I'm, I'm going to go. And she's like, I'm going to come clean. Like I, And Mac's like, all right. And he's making his way to the door. And she goes like, I'm going to tell you that Judge Harry Stone is the sexiest man i've ever met and then mac and i would love to sleep and with i would him. love to sleep with him and max at the door and just does a quick pivot and then pops a squat on the chair next to the door he, he goes, goes oh maybe i'll stay a while oh, maybe i'll stay a while <laughs> yeah that's that's perfect that's perfect i was like oh so yeah carla's hot for stone that's nothing new mm-hmm. that's nothing new um but then did you guys see it taking this turn no. No, no. I did not. I appreciate yeah. it. I missed the days of old goofy night court. Then it just gets real. Like, like shit that got moment real. of horrific reality. So Carla B says, yes, she was at Judge Harry's and she's going to tell the judge why. So she was out out on the stroll yeah. a few nights ago and she got picked up by the NYPD. 
And she just thought it was business as usual. Like, all right, they're going to run downtown. Yep. $50 fine. And they're like, no, no, no. We need you to come down and ID a body. Right. Yep. So in the middle of all this gaggy pie throwing and like joy buzzers, like Carla B. had was dealing with real shit. She goes down to ID a body. She IDs it as a as a woman named Marie who shared the same corner as her. Yep. Like they worked the same strip for a while. So she then says, when I saw Marie, I didn't see Marie. I saw myself. She she does it. It's very emotional. Like I was like, Jesus. I mean, we all know Carla B., the actress who plays Carla B. Again, uh, listen back to the Carla B. episode, which I think is the same mm-hmm. Woodard episode. We get a, yeah. we you will you'll learn a lot more about that actress who's a real quick a Hollywood player. Like her and her husband are mm-hmm. they uh, they swing those dicks around Hollywood. They're no joke. They're no side characters. But so uh, she's like. I worked the same corner as Marie. I didn't even know her last name. And then I looked down and all I can see is me. And I've never been so scared in my life. So I went to air. And then she was like, so you went to a friend. And she's like, yeah, because he wouldn't judge me. And then she gets to Harry and Harry hugs her, lifts her shirt a little bit, yeah. scratches her little back. Like I was just going to say, fingers. like, it, it may be totally platonic, but that hug and possibly it's because both of them are so skinny. But that hug, holy shit. Nobody's that's, getting that's out of a, a hug. That's a sexual tension hug. They're that both- was literally, we are pressed up against each other tight. They're going to burst with sexual energy. It's just like, Ugh. Yeah, that's like. We've discussed hairy hugs, and nobody gets out of a hairy hug alive. Man, woman, or child. He's he going to make it weird in one way or another. He's caressing her head like a like a baby yeah you're like, gonna sing it's a different just, tune about they're Billy enwrapped when this is over. so they oh, have yeah. an awkward hug and she says like basically reiterates i would love to sleep with harry stone but i know if i did we would lose this friendship which means so much more to me than just having a bone <laughs> yeah that's let's yeah put it that's that exactly way. what she says yeah. let's put it that way so uh, uh, and then the he just gets the clear, right? No. So then Billy comes in with all of her stacks of papers and says, you know, judge, like, I have all this evidence, you know, that this shouldn't happen and that he's an upstanding judge and so on and so forth. And, you know, trying to save Harry. She's got all those fucking files. And the judge says, agreed. Case dismissed. And uses one of Harry's gag toy Giant super gavel. huge gavels. Oh, yeah. To bang we, on we the gotta desk. We got to get one of those gavels. I, that's and all literally, I, yeah. Billy says something like, was it the argument itself or how I presented it? And I, I don't know what the judge says both because my note literally says, Billy, shut up. <laughs> that's <laughs> my note. these notes. Uh, yeah, um, I have a note that just says dead hooker exclamation. It point. literally goes, Marie died, weird hug, Billy shut up. <laughs> oh, Billy. School of rock. We're school of rocking her indeed. Oh, school of rocking and, her until next Tuesday. And now we're back in chambers. Time has passed. Time has passed. Harry's back. Harry's entering his chambers. And they're having a surprise party. Surprise! Surprise. Everybody's in in his chambers. They're all of his books are back on the desk. We know that he's he's back. And uh, Hans take it away. They have a little gift for they have him. A little gift, and and thankfully callback of callback of callbacks. So mm-hmm. I had watched this episode 
twice. I, I try and run it, run her through twice. Once just watching, and then the second one making notes. Um, and oddly enough, oh, and then I play the. I think I discussed this before. I play the episode a third time so I can snag the audio to play a little little treat for us at the end. If you're a listener, you know that's what happens. If you're not a listener, keep listening because you know it will happen. Um, but thankfully I did that this morning right before we cast because I missed the tag both my first times and sure enough like I was you know serendipity I was walking by and I went what is that so I stopped recording because I can't hear the audio it's going right into a recorder and I unplugged and I heard the audio and I was like what is that a lunchbox so Mm -hmm. and of course it is so back to old form yet another lunchbox they open the gift he opens it up he goes Oh, a Mel Torme lunchbox. To which we all know there's grandmother's bones in there. But, uh, <laughs> so they've gotten him this gift. It's an, it's, it is what it is. But then I'm not sure which of our lovely cast of characters pulls it out. So they say we got something else for you. I think it's, it's Selma. Selma. Selma, of course. Like a, like a prize scalp. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I could see Selma, Selma you know, raised by, uh, Sue. <laughs> so Selva pulls out a it's it's a dicky. It's basically the collar of a shirt with a nubbin of a tie. So yep. you can wear that under something so it looks like you're dressed up. It's basically like an elaborate necklace that looks like you're wearing more layers than you are. So like you can have like a turtleneck dicky that you put under a sweater and it looks like you're wearing a full turtleneck, but it's just the neck piece. Maybe the grossest piece of clothing ever invented. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I don't even know how many dickies my mom and I had that were turtlenecks. Sure. Oh, I, oh yeah. I'm not saying I've not Fucking owned crazy. them. But uh, I just, they, one, the turtleneck, can we just throw them all in a pile like we're, uh, like it's 1943 Germany and just take a match to them. Turtlenecks are, <laughs> maybe it's because I don't have a chin. So a turtleneck <laughs> legitimately turtles me. But I, I will I will tell you I'm such a fan of the turtlenecks. I'm a fan. Don't say I'm that. I'm such a fan. Don't tell yes. me. You may not tell me that. Out of order. Turtlenecks it, are on tur- trial here. A, her- a turtleneck helps me like appear to have a jawline that I don't have. But it doesn't doesn't it just feel like you got a a a, a you know like you're a hooker and you got a hand around your throat or something <laughs> you haven't been wearing the right turtlenecks oh man all right maybe uh, you know what christmas i'll get is you coming a good up, cashmere guys. one Ooh. all right so yeah we find out that the dicky and and these are the words of selma it's the debt they desecrated judge willard's dicky we desecrated his dicky so apparently judge willard isn't as highfalutin as everybody thinks because he's skeezing around with whatever's under right, that Right, that's what I was saying. They brought up that, you know, Harry was wearing Bermuda shorts under his robe, to which I thought, I thought like, okay, thing. yeah, that's immature, but, like, who the fuck cares what you wear under the robe as long as, like, you're yeah. there and wearing totally. the robe? So it's even funnier that it's just, like, he's not even as puts. He's wearing a, a Tommy Bahama t-shirt and a dickie under his robe. Willard, shut... Willard, go home. You're drunk. Yeah, Willard's just wearing shirt, no pants because go he, parties. Club, he parties. He parties. He's got a little. T- he's got there. a twink under there. 
licking his <laughs> undercarriage. Sorry to use that term. I bet that term is, you know what? That term's inappropriate. Twink's not fair. Uh, I mean, you got to be one to use one, I, I think. Yeah. You, and, you know, maybe I I'm, I think I fit that category somewhat. So maybe, what do you call it when know. somebody like kind of can get in on the fringe? Pseudo twink? <laughs> <laughs> no, what is it? Friend of the twinks? I don't know. Uh, and there we go. Um, that's the episode. Unless I'm missing something, boom. No, that's to, it. Cut gavel bang it. Let's mm-hmm. gavel bang it. I'll start. Uh, easily my favorite episode. And I'm. I don't know. This is this this is not you normal for me. Favorite episode of the season. No, I think that's a given. Perhaps I'll, I'll hear no. what you have to say. Favorite episode okay. of the season. <laughs> Favorite episode of the season. We all agree on that. And yeah, uniform, <laughs> uniformly. Uh, I gavel bang it a nine. And the I fuck? think, I think it's tied for my favorite episode of the show thus far. Wow. Yep. I, yeah, I, I would it's up say there with Michael J. Nine. Fox. I go seven, eight. All right. I give Billy a ten solely for the group group hug when they're celebrating. If you go back and watch it, she doesn't hug him. She just puts her makes like a claw hand and does that little like fakey belly rub scratch that you would do with like a dog. Really? I gotta go back and look at the Billy hug. So I just I thought it was funny because I was like, oh, Harry got a creepy hug in return because she just does this fakey like, oh, you little guy. Oh, she learns from the master. All right. Well, I like that Billy got a ten for something. Solid seven. Solid seven. Uh, I definitely think that the first episode of the season is still my favorite. I absolutely loved it. It was it was so refreshing, um, despite having Billy in it. Um, that being said, Billy wasn't I also, in the first episode. Billy wasn't in the first episode. No. Then that's exactly why I still think that's the best episode. <laughs> Fair enough. That makes so much more sense to me. Um, so I still like the first episode a lot better, but it was so refreshing for me to see that we're back in the night court groove. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna give this. I, I'll give. I was gonna give it a seven. Because I gave the first episode an eight or a nine. Um, But I'll give it an eight. I'll give it a solid eight. Because I think it was very well written all around. Very well acted. It moved very fast. But I'm I'm still where that first episode was killer for me. I really, really enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, I say this is that one. That episode one and this are neck and neck for me. What was the first episode of this season? You know what? Uh, to tell one... you the truth, I don't remember the court case, but I remember like it's a lot of Dan, and I think that's why I it liked w- it a lot. It was Dan chasing the new, the new prosecutor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great episode. Their, Great episode. Uh, it was a hooker episode because it was Daniel Larusso's mom. Yes, and the guy absolutely. with the Bing cherries that yes. like wanted to eat food off of her. You're right. It was a wonderful episode. Was it? A, was it a nun? Not no, my favorite. This is this is again. This is tied, maybe slightly under the tier of my Santa Claus, Michael J. Fox, which still is hard to beat for me. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. No, it's, it's a good not. Episode. No, Hopefully it's this is a a return to form. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's crazy that like you're oh like it's it's a hard match to follow because I like the Santa Claus one, but that's season one, episode two. Yeah. yeah. So like since then, like that's a, that's a hard thing to crack. So that that's this I've is enjoyed, good. It you know, good. like keeping in keep in mind, you're dealing with the soft head here. So the fact that we've had like three roughs in a row leading up to this one. I'm, oh, not, yeah. I'm not too proud to say that I'm easily uh, affected by things. So I this agree. might be, like, for all I know, those were so uh, unpleasant for me. This might be a terrible episode, right. but, it, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. but it was great in comparison. No, I totally agree. I think that coming off of what we've had, like it was really refreshing to see this. Like I was just impressed. I was like, this is Night Court. This is not only what I yeah. remember, but this is the stuff that I love from the episodes that I love. Like, right. this is where it finds its stride. Um, and I hope that they keep it up. And I, I'm confident that they will, considering the night court that I remember from childhood. Yeah. That this is this is a, a turn. Yeah. They can keep the dynamic. Like, I thought every joke, barring the, like, super heavy, hairy ones, but I understand why they had to do them. I thought they all landed. I thought everybody was very well represented. Even Billy, what they did with Billy was the funniest stuff we've seen them do with that character thus far. And the hug. And the belly rub. With that, let's keep the... Scootily bop, 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 Torme, what's in the lunchbox? Go. Oh, what? Oh. What's really in the lunchbox? Desecrated Dicky. What? Real Dicky. Oh, did they pull the Dicky out of the lunchbox? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez, Louise, I missed it. What's under the dicky in the lunchbox? Go. <laughs> a banana. Fair guess. I already guessed. A real dick. <laughs> An actual that. man's penis. I'm going grandma's hustlers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. The night is long and full of weirdos. Have, Have a, good. a good night. Court. I, I think that worked. <laughs> There we go. Episode season two, episode seven in the can. File it away, Mac. We got it, baby. Back to form, in my opinion. Nah, I court is linked to jerk practice. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. I got to keep that now. Um, that O Canada parody. Is just to let you know that we also have another podcast, Jerk Practice, available on iTunes and Google Play with me, fellow night weirdo Casey, fellow jerk practitioner Henning. We get together, we talk about old sketch times, do some new sketches, Canadian Big on episode 60. I think that's where the O Canada, I know that's where the O Canada thing came from. Uh, that also has a blog, jerkpractice.com, and you can check us out on Facebook at Jerk Practice Pod. At Jerk Practice Pod. Um, what else? Uh, if you like this podcast, subscribe, give us a rate, write a review. That's the best thing you can do for us because it helps people find the podcast. Or don't. 
<laughs> or don't and just keep listening or stop listening if you don't like it. Free Freedom of choice uh, is what we want. Freedom. <laughs> Come on. Gavel bang. Night court. So anyway, this guy looks like Leon DeMarcus took me to my senior prom. I woke up in a rowboat in Sheepshead Bay with a bottle of cheap wine and a song in my heart. What was the question? 